Get to the church, blind! Get to the church, blind! Go! Now! I'm Pete Mitchell, and he's Peyton Jones, and you're listening to Hardcore Church Planning, the companion podcast for the Church Planner Podcast and Church Planner Magazine. Each week, we'll bring you interviews from planners who are in the trenches making it happen right now. These active church planners bear it all, share their successes, their failures, and what they'd wish they'd known when they were first starting out. Listen in to discover how God is working in their church plan. Hey, church planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And we're coming to you for the every once in a while podcast, Hardcore Church Planning. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That, that's about right. That's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's the ticket. Peyton, yeah. why don't you introduce our guest today? You know, our guest is a church planter, trainer, mentor, apostolic leader who pretty much uh, needs no introduction. He is the author of multiple books, including Sent Out, and his new book, Reach the Cities, Reach the World. I have on here Don Overstreet. The man I want to be when I grow up. Don, welcome onto the show. Well, thank you for letting me come again. Uh, I'm just honored to be able to share with you guys and uh, what I've learned and what I'm still learning as we as we progress together. Yeah, well, you know, guys, um, Don has been on here. I think as much, uh, maybe, maybe not. May, he might have you by one. But uh, Hugh Halter's been on here quite a bit, and uh, but Don, I th- I think you're 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 either uh, you know tied for the heavyweight championship, or you're a contender. And uh, so here's the deal. Um, welcome on, guys. Don Overstreet is a guy who's been planting churches uh, and helping guys plant churches. He started off as a missionary in Asia, and he has since uh, come here, given his life to training and mentoring planners in Southern California. Uh, chiefly LA. He has a burden for people groups and uh, over those 50 years has mentored 500 church planners. We talk about resources a lot on this show. This man is a walking, talking resource. He is a guy that if you spend a day with him in a car driving around, it'd be the equivalent of a degree in missiology. So how's that for an introduction? (laughs) Well, it sounds pretty good. Just correction. I was a missionary in the Caribbean. Oh, that's South right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an American. I, had a I don't know spot, geography. A softer, I had a little softer spot there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the but, Caribbean. Uh, uh, was was that as an I, Was that as an IMB missionary? Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, in the good old days. Yeah. So, so the rum was off limits. Um, but that was the major drink of the island. So, what can you say? And of course, the major, of course, the major product was ganja. So, what are you going to do? So, <laughs> hey, if a little rum spilled into the pineapple upside down cake, who's to know? Hey, I like uh, I like the rum ice cream very much. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Don, one of the things we always like to do, and since it's been a while since you've been on this podcast, uh, we always like to just let our listeners know a little bit of your story. So, if you could. Tell us how you came to faith and how you got involved with church planting. Okay, well, I grew up in church. Um, I grew up in East L.A. area of Los Angeles, a little town called Bell. And um, one night, as a young boy, I was laying in bed after church, and I realized that 
I hadn't killed anybody, I hadn't robbed any banks, but I had sinned against God. So I just simply asked him to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior, and um, he did. That was um, 63 years ago. And um, I also said, into my prayer, I said, Lord, I'll keep it quiet if you'll keep it quiet, because I was a bashful guy. But the very next Sunday morning, I was sitting by my grandparents in church, and I couldn't help but go forward and tell the pastor I accepted Christ in the church. So, yeah. Um, at 18, uh, we were on a, a retreat up in the mountains and Big Bear Mountains. And I just realized for probably first time that I was telling, I was trying to get God to follow my plans. You know, I was a real spiritual kid. I prayed that prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep, you know, that prayer at night. Mm -hmm. and then I'd add on to it, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life, A, B, or C? You know, my choices. And I never got an answer. So I got up early Saturday morning and God, for the first set on a rock, the first time I realized I didn't have a right to tell God anything. He's omniscient. He's God Almighty. And so I surrendered, not just to be my Savior, but also to be my Lord. And um, I, was, I prayed, Lord, what do you want me to do for the first time with an honest heart? And about two hours later, down by a little stream, we are having our devotions, and God, I said the same prayer, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, loud and clear. He spoke loud and clear. I want you to, to preach. And that scared me to death. But um, Mother's Day, 51 years ago on Mother's Day, just passed, I, I made my public commitment and been doing it ever since. I went off to California Baptist College, that's university now in Riverside, and the guy who was living in the dorms next to me was straight from Brazil, and he asked me to go help him start a, he learned, transferred from Portuguese to Spanish pretty easy, start a Spanish church down in San Juan Capistrano when they had a lot of um, fields where they produce uh, mostly corn and stuff like that. So we did. And we went out there and we met in a bunkhouse. He did Spanish in the front. And I took about five kids in the back and preached like I was preaching, like Billy Graham. Uh, but that experience set my heart on fire for church planting. And I've been doing it ever since. Hmm. So. It's awesome. So Don, you've been uh, you you've kind of recently uh, started a new venture in church planning um, called Reaching LA. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, at the end of the year last year, um, I retired from working with the Southern Baptist. I'm not I'm still Southern Baptist. I'm not mad at them, but it's time to retire. But I can't quit because there's just too many lost people. In L.A., I mean, huh. it just still breaks my heart every time I drive through the city. So um, I set up um, my own nonprofit organ. I'm still working on my nonprofit number, but I'm getting it. And um, we were thinking of the name. My wife came up with the name is L.A. Reaching L.A. Foundation mm. with the goal of just helping the inner city guys, the guys that just sort of fall through the cracks. No one wants to bother with them. Uh, but there's so many needs. So. I've set up a team. I've got some really good guys uh, that one of them is the administrator. I'm, my fancy title is president and lead church planter strategist. <laughs> um, and um, i got two guys that have been working with me for years. They, I call them, the, they're the field mission, the church planter strategist, but these are my, what I call them, reproducers. They know how to start churches quickly. Yeah. And so God, and, and this gives me freedom. And by God's grace um, and God's kindness, we, we I didn't, I'm not a beggar. 
but I went, to, I just prayed and asked God who I need to talk to. And I talked to friends and churches that I've helped over the years and they've given us um, funds. They're our partnering churches. So we're doing okay. Um, and God just and gives me a lot more freedom to reach anybody and everybody, huh. anywhere, any people group. Um, so I feel blessed by that. Um, and I also just recently became the hub director for LA for um, Global Gates. It's a missionary organization that came out of New York City, and they're targeting. They're a little more uh, focused. They're trying to reach the um, the Muslim and mm. um, Hindu population, unreached people groups. Where mine's, I just want to reach everybody. But it's a good combination. We work good together, so that's what works for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about the church planners that you work with and, um, you know, how they might be, uh, let's say, different from, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're, the, different. Uh, they're different. Okay. So yeah. so case in point, right? Um, you and I are pretty pretty closely linked in, in mutual admiration. And uh, you kind of got what I was doing. I remember talking to somebody um, who lectured me for starting multiple churches instead of one big church. And you're kind of uh, really dealing with a, a breed of church planner that um, is very New Testament. So tell us a little bit about the guys that you work with and what makes them unique. And because my hope is that other church planners will take from this model and maybe start, you know, reevaluating the whole let's get a building. Um, let's get a sexy logo. Let's make a really cool church name that Christians like. And hope that cheesed off Christians from other churches flow into our church. Tell us about the church yeah. planners you work with. Well, first of all, I feel I believe very strongly in the indigenous principles that you know uh, people have to reach people that are like them, and 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 it's very much grassroots level, I guess I call it. And in the city, it's it's a pavement level where we just go after people. Um, I'll just give you one guy. I love him, uh, Hector Cedillo. Hector came from Mexico way back when he was 18. He's now 65. Um, as illegal, but he's legal now. But um, and got involved in drugs and ended up homeless and at MacArthur Park, downtown L.A. Well, when I was a kid, that was a nice little park where they had the little um, paddle boats and stuff. We'd go down there for picnics. Now it's where all the stuff is going down and all the stuff. There's more bodies pulled out of that that lake than, than anything else. Hmm. But, but he got involved and, and uh, just hardcore drugs in and out of jail. Um, but God saved him gloriously about 30 years ago. And um, missionary trained him, 82-year-old missionary, retired missionary trained him and sent him back to MacArthur Park. And he started a church underneath the tree there for homeless and all the drug addicts that are there. Um, and God's blessed him. He, he trains people. Um, gets them saved, disciples them, trains them, and sends them out. Uh, he also goes, and this is the fun part, this is what I love, he goes into all the jails, in L.A. County jails, and teaches. If you got a, he leads people to the Lord, guides the Lord, and he gets two years to disciple them, and they're ready to go back home to wherever that is to plant churches. Yeah, amen. Among their people groups, among their people, their relatives and loved ones. And so that's that's the model we're operating under is what I call saturate. We're yeah. saturating the community. I broke LA up into little zones. I mean, you know, the old story, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Well, we, LA is so big an elephant, we got to get down. And so 
Don, real yeah, quick, yeah, just okay. to interrupt, just yeah. interrupt. Sorry about sure, this. Sure. How big yeah, is no LA and how many different zones did you break it up into? Um, well, LA, uh, um, the city limits, there's a probably 5 million. Um, and then, of course, when we're talking about LA County, there's at least uh, 13 to 14 million. Then when you're talking about Orange County and Riverside County. See, all these. Every, every, within, all the way to Riverside, San Bernardino, every, up the coast, everything is affected by L.A. Um, and so that's just why I'm saying there's at least 15 to 20 million people that we're ministering to, that we have the opportunity to minister here in Southern California. But L.A., there's 119, within L.A. city limits, there's 119 communities. They're not incorporated. And then, then there's, within L.A. county, there's 87 incorporated cities uh so our goal is to to have at least and i'm not saying they're not already but there are some certain sections that aren't but uh, an evangelical uh gospel-centered church that's that's reaching the lost in every one of those zones each every one of those communities um because i had restrictions in the past i haven't really divided up san fernando valley and stuff like that but in l.a downtown and stuff we have like we are concentrating this year on san gabriel valley and then south south la last year we did east hollywood and um down the uh, 605 corridor so we've d- divided them up in sections and and just asked god to raise up planters from the field there and that god did god has i mean he's been very gracious to us on that so that's that's just my approach and again, Don, my let me, feeling is there's guys who just have that apostolic gifting, and they're not satisfied. I can't just do one church at a time. Um, like Hector started six last year. Hmm. Another guy that works closely with me, Woody, he started five. Um, and then the ones that God brings across my path. Um, so that's how it's done. I mean, that's how I God's gifted us to do it. Let's say that. And with no funding. Let me say that loud and clear. We're not we're not funding guys. Let me let me ask you something, Don. In your book, uh, "Reach the Cities, Reach the World," can you give us an idea, first of all, of what the premise of the book is and the the really the the central theme of that that book? Yeah. Well, I use the book of Jonah as the the backdrop of it. It just fits it perfectly, you know. Or Jonah tried to run away from Nineveh, but you've got to understand the world has gone, come to the cities. I mean, we're talking about major cities that are 20 million people. And, um, and if we can read and, and like uh, for LA, I mean, I've done, I've got a research team that's done all this research They're a lot smarter than I am, but, uh, uh, there's at least 400 unreached people groups in LA. Now that doesn't mean language. There's about 225 different languages spoken. But there's within like just because they speak Spanish doesn't mean they're all one people group. And then there's second there's uh, there's subcultures, you know, second, third generation hip hop, you know, different lifestyles. Um, And so that's we have to. The biblical church planting principles work in every culture, but we have to adapt it to to the gospel to fit the culture that we're ministering to. Yeah. 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 It's awesome, so man. So that's the concept. If we can reach the city, 
And going back to Ephesians, in Acts there, and I think it's 19, where he spent two, two and a half years in Ephesus. I think it's, yeah, it's Ephesus. And it says after two years, everybody, everybody in that province of Asia had heard the gospel. Just yeah. think about that. If yeah. we can reach this portion of the city and they get the gospel and they're going to tell their friends and they're going to tell their friends. And then, I mean, again, with technology, like, um, We've got a real good uh, ministry going among the Iranians and Armenians. They're going to get saved. They're going to call their relatives in Iran, and five minutes later, and the gospel can be spread. You know, mm. you know Don, um, this book is kind of, to me, as I, as I read through it, it seemed to me like it was Don Overstreet in book form. I felt like this was the book that you were meant to write. I don't know if you felt that when you wrote it, but I feel like cracking this open, um, cause I've read your other, I read sin out, but this book is kind of, to me, it's a unique resource where just the statistics, the re it goes straight to the heart of this and it's saying things, you know, understandably for a guy who trains guys to plant six churches a year. Um, it, <laughs> and I'm, I know you're not taking credit for that, but the, these are the guys you work with regularly. Um, but, right. but it, it seems to me not surprisingly to be saying things that other people aren't saying. And I remember, I hope you don't, I hope you don't mind me telling this story, but I remember, uh, I was pretty excited. You had JD Payne out here to visit with you and you said, Oh, I'm going to take him around because he gets the people group thing. And of course, JD, you know, he works at a college and or a university and he, he lectures mm -hmm. on church planning. But he's not been in the trenches in L.A. And I think you scared him when you took him out and, you know, toured him around a bit. It, it's enough when you actually get in the trenches. It's enough to shake anyone up. But my question to you is, how did your heart for the city develop? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, I just grew up in, in the inner, I mean in the East LA area. And, uh, my heart has always had passion for people who are hurting and broken. Like God just put that in my heart and you just can't help. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I, again, I'm getting old, so I do more dry prayer drives than I do prayer walks. But when I'm driving down the streets, certain sections of LA and my heart is just broken. I have to pull over and stop the car because I'm crying because I'm looking at kids that probably will only hear the name of God as a cuss word mm. unless we get serious about it. And, and that just, I, I don't know, that just breaks my heart. God is, <laughs> and people, um, the, 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 we got all these fancy terms, but I'm just going to say it like it is. The throwaway people, the people that most churches would, would not want to come into their building. Uh, and if they did, they'd be scared to death and, the people who came into the building were scared of the, the traditional church people. Mm -hmm. But we've got to reach them. And that means going where they at. I mean, many times, I mean, I don't get scared too easy because I've been in some crazy places, but um, because I know God's in charge. Yeah. But we got to go where the people are. We just can't talk about it, theorize about it, have committees about it. We just got to go down there and do it. Yeah. So that's, you, that's just been the passion of my heart. Yeah. 
You you were telling me earlier that because uh, I was sharing with you the thing I recently went through where I'm like, hey, I got to get around lost people. You know, it's great right. what I'm doing. And you said to me, and and this is the you know this is before we got you on the call. Um, we had just been talking and you said, you know, I used to regularly schedule times down on skid road, just days where I would just go be around lost people and just share the gospel had nothing to do with my job. Didn't have to do a catalyzing church planners. Um, what advice would you give to church planners along those lines? Just what you said, you got to get out where the people are. Um, again, we've got to get past this. Ideal, idealistic opinion that if I have the right building, the right location, the best, best promotions, even the best sermons prepared, then I, I will be, I will grow a successful church. Because people don't go to church anymore. You got to go, church has to go to them. You got to go meet their felt needs. You got to go put your arm around them that haven't, a guy who hasn't taken a bath in six months and love on them um, because Jesus would love them. And we've got to go where the lost people are. Um, and that, that, that gets us out of our comfort zone. I mean, I'm, I, I'm comfortable and old enough just to relax at home and read books and talk and write and um, tell stories about what I did 40 years ago. But that's not what God wants. If God's called us, and he has, he says, you'll be my witness. And that's not just conditional. That, that's a command. And I can't get away from that. I don't know about anybody else, but to me, that should be the normal Christian life. That's nothing. I, I don't feel like I'm doing anything extraordinary. I just think it's what God's called every Christian to be doing. You know, I have the privilege of doing it full time, uh, but I think every Christian should have a passion for the lost. Never be satisfied with just our little holy huddle, you know, at yeah. church. Don, so many so many people are out there that are trying to build their church, and and your you know your passion is really reaching the lost. How how do our church planners? How do they keep that passion? Like how do they keep themselves burdened for the lost as they're you know going through the all the stuff that comes with starting a church? Well, that's that's like I said from the very beginning. The only way you, you do it is you have to make sure you do it. Um, like when I was first pastoring and planting churches and then pastoring for a while, I would every day, every morning I would designate two hours to go out knocking on doors and in the afternoon two hours and evening two hours. Um, I mean, that's I'm a little crazy, so I did that. But I, you have to you have to know what. You just have to schedule it. You have to make yourself do it. And that, and then after a while, when you see people getting saved and be, lives being changed, that should st um, spur you on to just keep doing it, um, you know. Um, and there's no excuse. And that's where, and you know this stuff, that's why the average church in America is only 70 and that means all the big boys, all the big churches we hear about, but there's also a lot of churches only 35 or less because we got stuck taking care of a handful of people who wanted their noses wiped every time it ran instead of letting the, let, letting the pastor or letting the church planter work out of his 
giftiness or his passion, that's to go reach the lost. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, I mean, you really have to have a heart to reach the lost <coughs> to plant, you know, four or five, right. six churches in a year. Um, and, and you're working with some, some truly, uh, they wouldn't see themselves any more phenomenal than Paul. I mean, this is what Paul did, right? He was planting numerous churches right. in a year, three to four months, staying in a place on average. And uh, he was a serial church planner. Let me ask you, what does that look like? You know, we, we can really read between the lines and see the New Testament model. Um, but what does that look like today? For a church planner, how does this guy do it in you know six in a year? Because I know a church planners balked at that when you said it earlier, and then they're like, "Wait, wait, wait, come back to that." What's uh, it, guys are talking multiplication right now, and it's a yes, buzzword, yeah. and 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 I right. I can tell that so many of these guys that are that are writing books on it and talking about it, they've never multiplied, and so right. as a guy in the trenches, man, what does that look like? Well, it, it starts with um, with the concept that uh, you're not building your own empire; you're building the kingdom, and that um, to reach again, I go back to the I can't get away from the word saturate. If you're really got, if God's let me use an example. Say if God's called you to a certain region of uh, for you Long Beach. Well, it wasn't there to go start one church. It was there to to reach that whole area, whole region, whatever terms you want to use, for the with for the gospel, for, with the, for the kingdom. And that means not how big your church can be, but how you can infiltrate, saturate that whole community with the, the love of God. And, and um, you have to start with that. That's that's the bottom line. That's the heartbeat of God, I believe. Yeah. And you have to start with that. And within that context, you're going in there to plant, but from the very beginning, you're looking for the next guy to take your place or the next guy you can send out. Um, and you pour your life in. You 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 want to win as many people to Christ as you can. And when I say win, you're not doing it. God's doing it. But 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 letting them and, and discipling them and 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 my you know there's good points because I was writing it in this new book. Right now, on there's a time and place for what we what I call that universal university setting where you lecture them about the doctrine. But really, Christianity is caught more than it's taught. Mm-hmm. You live it out. You take guys with you, and they catch the fire that you've caught as they walk alongside you as you go into the streets, as you go to back to their homeboys and stuff, and tell them about Jesus. Um, and they'll catch it, and, and the fire will get going. And then they want to go start something. And, and again, hmm. start small. If they can't start a, a, they can't get a small group started, they probably can't start a church. So, um, <laughs> you know, so let's. It, sim- similarly, if they, if they can't lead someone to Christ, it probably shouldn't be a right. church planner either. Right, right. That's you know, it's, sure. it's interesting because you mentioned that these guys weren't funded. And, um, I, you know, over the years, I, I was never funded. Um, when, when I was church planning, I didn't raise a hundred thousand. I mean, people donated to new breed and, you know, I got a little bit of money off that. Um, but I always had to have another job and, and I've always found that, um, addition, you know, what, what people tend to think like one church sends out a church every five years or whatever. Um, that's expensive. But multiplication, what you're describing, is free. It doesn't cost any money 
because it's right. just people doing exactly what you talked about. And that's the irony. We go further faster for free than when we make it this yes. big production. That is what bottlenecks the mission. Like you said, you find a guy building his thing and he's hoping his church becomes the next big thing. The focus is completely wrong. And we've made right. mission something that's twisted. And uh, I think we're running out of time, but uh, before yeah. we uh, before we do it, I, I want to ask him, Don. Um, I've got a copy here of uh, "Reach the Cities, Reach the World." Where can they get a copy of that? Um, you can get it online, either um, you know the normal bookstores online type things, you know, Amazon.com. Yeah, Amazon.com. Right, uh, Barnes and Noble. I always buy my books off of Barnes and Noble. Uh, so that's available. Um, so I, you know, if they want to, I would appreciate it. Um, if there's some guys that can't afford to buy it, tell them to, I'll, I'll get them a book somehow, you know, don't worry about that. How, I mean, how do they get in touch with you at LA reaching LA? Um, my, uh, my, um, email address is uh, do for jc at yahoo.com and capital do and then the number four jc at yahoo.com okay uh, i don't mind giving my home phone i mean my cell phone 909-843-0482 cool and uh you know guys just because this is church planning audience don't crank call don i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the first one I'll do, first one I'll probably doing is my son, but that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, Don, one of the things that we always do at the end of hardcore church planning—it's—it's it's the reason that I always stick around to hear the whole interview, and I'm sure okay. there's others just like me. We got one final question for you, and I asked Peyton. Okay. I go, I go, who, who do we use for this one? And it was so funny because he and I were thinking the exact same. So here's the question, Don. If you were to get into a physical fist fight with Billy Graham, who would win? <laughs> oh, he'd stomp me. He'd stomp me. Hey, I'm just a wimpy old man. He'd stomp me into the ground. He was a pretty good athlete back in the day. He's, yeah. he's a big boy. He could he'd stomp me in the ground. But I mean, I I mean, virtually fight. I I highly respect him. Yeah, it's just his God-centered life. That's the main thing, and that's what I want to emphasize in closing. That that's how we're going to reach the world when men mm. and women throw away everything else and just get centered on. Because again, my philosophy is God starts the churches, not just the churches. God starts mm. the churches, and we just catch up with God and run to catch up with God and let Him do what He does best: mm. reach people. You know? Are you talking about that Holy Spirit stuff again, there, Don? Yeah, yeah, you can't get away from that. I, I just, you know, that stuff is real. So, yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Good enough for Peter. It's good enough for me. Well, hey, Don, Amen. I want to thank you for coming on. I, I truly, truly respect you. And uh, I, I can't wait for our listeners to start tapping into you, uh, get in touch with you, uh, pick up this book. Guys, um, you know that when I recommend a book, I, I truly strongly uh, believe in it. Reach this, reach the world. That's Don Overstreet. And uh, Don is a guy, as in closing, again, it's an honor for me. Uh, he may not be world famous, but in the kingdom of heaven, our values are a little bit different. The people that, that Christ will exalt in heaven are probably people 
we haven't heard about. And he's just a man that uh, I deeply respect. And it, the more he rubs off on me, the better. But he reminds me of an embodiment of Psalm 7118. He himself said, hey, I'm an old guy. He's radioactive. You can't kill him. Um, he's a, he's a, was it three, four time cancer survivor, Don? Yeah. 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 And, uh, so, so here's Psalm 78, 18, and this is the verse, uh, when I think of Don. So even old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your wondrous deeds to another generation, your power to all those who come. It's been Don Overstreet on Hardcore Church Planning and Arnold, sign us out. Remember, if you are called to church planting, go hardcore or go home. You've been listening to Hardcore Church Planting. Hardcore Church Planting has been brought to you by the Church Planner Podcast and the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the App Store for both Apple and Android devices. If you like this episode, leave us a positive review. If you didn't like this episode, we'll be happy to give you your money back.